Well, praise God. It's good having you out here today. I, I'm excited about the Word this morning. Amen. How many people are excited about the Word? Praise God. I want to talk to you about, um, continue on the same line that we talked about last week on rewards, that God has rewards for the faithful Christians. And uh, when we get to heaven, not only does He have rewards when we get to heaven, but He has rewards down here too as we serve Him. And uh, we need to be excited about serving God. Amen. Uh, in, uh, in a scripture last week, I talked about that Paul, uh, what, you know, he, he pressed towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so he pressed towards the mark for a prize. And uh, we need to be pressing in to the things of God. Uh, we need to be pressing in and believing God for all that God has for each one of us. Do you believe that today? And so um, in my studies, I found out there's, you know, things that God's going to give us at the judgment seat of Christ. We talked about that last week, that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And God will look at, you know, what we did here in, on the earth in serving Him. And um, God expects us to serve Him. Amen. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's more than just us, you know, saying a prayer and asking Jesus into our heart and then going about our own business and doing our own thing. God wants us serving him. And uh, that's the key. You know, Jesus needs to be Lord. And uh, like Jesus said in one of the passages, he says, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I ask you to do? So we need, you know, if we're going to call Jesus Lord, we need to obey his word. Isn't that right? And so um, in my studies, um, there's actually five crowns that, we, that we're going to look at. And I'm not too sure how far we're going to get to the crowns today, but we'll, we'll, we'll move as far as we can. And so one of the crowns is the crown of righteousness. And this is found in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 8. And if you have your Bibles, you can open there to 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. And um, it's so good. And I'm just going to back up to seven because I think that the, these, this might be a qualifier to, be, to receiving the crown. And this is the Apostle Paul, and it's at the end of the Apostle Paul's journey in life. And he's about ready uh, to give his life to the Lord and to be executed uh, or to be uh, so for the gospel. And, but uh, he's writing to um, Timothy, his son in the faith. And um, he says here in verse seven, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Amen. And finally, he says, There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Praise God. So we see here that um, we have to fight a good fight of faith. You know, the enemy is after each one of our faith. He's, he's trying to destroy our faith in Christ. So the enemy is always attacking our faith. The only way we can please God is by faith. The only way we can live this Christian walk is by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, we live by faith. And so the enemy is after our faith. He wants us to cast away our confidence in God. And so we don't need the enemy getting us to, to look at wrong things or focusing on the wrong things. We need, we need to be focusing on the right things, all the good things in God. Do you believe that? 
And so here, uh, Paul is saying, I fight the good fight. And, you know, when you think of a fight, is it, you know, you don't really think of a fight being good unless you win. <laughs> so, so when he says, I fight the good fight, he's saying that when you fight the good fight, there's another scripture in, in, in the Bible that talks about fighting the good fight of faith. We don't fight the devil because we don't fight him because he's already been fought by Jesus. Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years on the cross. So really, uh, the devil is a defeated foe. So really, you're not fighting the devil today. He's already defeated. You're just enforcing his defeat by you standing on the word of God. So all we have to do is stand on the word and believe God's word. And, and the Bible is very clear. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and the devil has to flee. That word flee is an interesting word. If you break it down uh, and define it, it means to run in terror. So the devil has to run in terror from you when you're submitted to God and you have to actively be resisting the devil and his onslaughts. Do you believe that? And so Paul was saying that he fought the good fight of faith. And it's interesting, he said, I have finished the race. And so, so he's, you know, we have to look at this, that, that God, that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And Jesus is going to help us finish our race or our course in him. Do you believe that today? So Jesus is in us, the hope of glory. And so he's going to help us, praise God, to finish our race. And then, then again, the Apostle Paul talks about keeping the faith. There's many people, well, I don't know many, but there's some people that are casting away their confidence in God. They're, they're backing off of church. They're not going to church anymore. They're not serving God like they used to. And, so, and, and they're allowing the, the persecutions. They're allowing things to discourage them from serving God. And we can't allow those things to discourage us. There's going to be a lot of things that the enemy is going to try to throw at us to discourage us. Amen. And we know that. And, we, and if you study the parable of the sower, you know there's going to be things that are going to try to creep in. They're either going to try to discourage us or draw us away from the things of God. Amen. And we need to be very careful because the enemy's trying to draw us away and really put the Christian to sleep. And so we have to be careful that we don't, you know, allow our faith to cool down in Christ. That we need to stay sharp in Christ. That we need to stay Focus on him. And so uh, let's look at 2 Timothy 2. Oh, this is the second. Let me talk about the second part of, of the crown. Uh, first part, uh, uh, well, well is, is the first part of the crown is, is standing in righteousness. It's, it's the crown of righteousness. So this will be the first part. And so the first part of the crown is that God wants us uh, pursuing righteousness. We are righteous by the blood of Jesus. We are put in a righteous position because of the blood of Jesus. We're not saved by works, but we're, we're saved by believing in Jesus. And Jesus was, was made sin, the Bible says, so that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus became sin on the cross. In other words, Jesus took on our sinful nature so we could take on his righteous nature. So we do uh, in positional uh, relationship with Christ, with God, we are in right standing with God because of the blood. There's nothing good that you can do to, keep, to make yourself in right standing with God in your own ability. Isn't that right? 
So there's nothing we can do. We can't brag. We, when we get to heaven, we can't brag about how good we were to obtain God's righteousness. Amen. No, we need to be bragging about Jesus and how good he is. Yes. Amen. And us believing on him. So, so we have positional righteousness by the blood of Jesus and believing in Christ. It's the, you know, it's the great exchange. Jesus exchanged, you know, our sins for his righteousness. And so that's wonderful. And I'm so thankful that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life and that I have a home in heaven because of the blood, because of, because of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But also um, in, in the crown of righteousness, uh, I believe that we should be pursuing righteousness. As in, you know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness or in his way of doing things. So this is what I'm talking about here is that when we find truth in the word of God, we need to obey the truth. Amen. If the Bible says, you know, in the word of God, do not, you know, commit adultery and do not steal, do not do these things. We need to obey God's word. Amen. Amen. Whenever the light of God's word is shown in our life. We need to obey that, and when we do that, we'll walk in greater light and revelation of Jesus Christ. The less we obey God's word, the more darkness is going to creep into us, and then we're not going to see like we need to see the things that Christ wants us to see, the things that God wants us to see. In other words, the enemy's trying to blind some of us. He's trying to blind us from seeing the goodness and the mercy and the love of God. By keeping us, you know, maybe set into some areas that are wrong or trying to keep us, you know, get us into a place where we're doing things that aren't right. So we need to pursue righteousness. Look at 2 Timothy 2, uh, verses 20 through 22. It says here, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some of honor and, and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart." So we see here, he's talking here, in a house there could be uh, vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. So there could be people, and I, and I believe this is talking about, you know, the house of God, that there could be people in the church, some that are, um, that are serving God with a pure heart, pure motives, uh, doing the right things to the best of their ability, and then there's others that are that may be just in the church, but they're but they're living for themselves. They may be Christians, but they're but they're living sort of a half backslidden life. They're kind of doing their they're basically doing their own thing, and 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 they're you know they're yielding to temptations without really repenting, and and they're allowing and they're making excuses for their sins. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But even if you're in that camp, you can get out of that camp. Because it says right here that, that if anyone cleanses himself, cleanses himself. In other words, the Bible says we must judge ourselves so we won't be judged. We need to be constantly looking at our own heart motives and what we do. We have to keep looking at our actions, why we're doing things. Amen. And so we have to consider, we have to, we have to, you know, the, the Bible says we have to, 
continue to, to look at ourselves to see if we be in the faith. Are we actually in the faith? Are we actually being Christians? Are we actually doing what God wants us to do? And so, so I, I think that, you know, it's good news today that we don't have to be a vessel of dishonor, but we can be a vessel of honor. Amen. All it takes is repenting, turning from those things that displease the Lord. You know, sin displeases the Lord. Amen. Because it separates us and destroys us. Separates us from, from really what God wants to do in our life. When we sin, it opens the door for the devil to come in and to work and to destroy our lives. The devil, is, his whole goal is to destroy us, uh, uh, to shorten our lives, to take, off, take us out of planet Earth. Amen. To keep us from being an effective witness. So we're talking about the crown of righteousness, which I believe is, is twofold here. It's, it's walking upright before God. But let's look at this scripture again. It says, finally, there is laid up. This, uh, this is 2 Timothy 4, 8. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. And so the second part of this is that do we love his appearing? In other words, are we actively looking for Jesus to come back? Are we, are we thinking about Jesus? Is, are we, you know, thinking about him on a daily basis? And are we thinking about heavenly things? Are we, are we focused on those things? You know, in Acts 1, uh, verses 9 through 11, this was... You know, after Jesus spoke to his disciples, and, he, and this is the ascension of Jesus going to heaven uh, after he was raised from the dead, and he was here for 40 days, and he was teaching his disciples, and he was doing a lot of things. But, but here in Acts 1, 9 through 11, it says, Now when he had spoken these things, talking about Jesus, why they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you look stand, why do you look, uh, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Amen. Right here, this is talking about that Jesus is going to be coming back. Amen. That Jesus is not leaving us down here. That he's coming back for a church. The Bible talks about this. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Full of love and faith. You know, without spot or wrinkle means that a church that's, that's actively engaged in their faith. That's actively serving God with a pure heart. That's, that's active. There's, there's Christians that are living uh, their lives, but some, but some Christians don't have what I call living faith. Their faith is in dormant. They're not activating their faith. They're not witnessing like they need to. They're not talking about Christ. They're not seeking God like they need to. And so their, their, their faith is, um, is dormant. And I don't want a dormant faith. I want a living faith. I want, I, want to be as, I want to be excited today as I was the day that I got saved. I want to keep stoking the fire in my life. I don't know about you, but I want to stay fired up for God. Look at your neighbor and say, get fired up for God. Amen. And so we're talking here uh, about Jesus coming back and, and, and looking for his return. And, you know, uh, you, know we, we, you can, if you're, if, you've, if you're looking at the news and you're looking at what's going on as a Christian and, 
and you're opening your eyes, you can see there's a lot of evil in this world. And, and, and it's just so ama it amazes me how, you know, uh, what, what people are putting and talking about today. Uh, um, and, and it's all evil. The Bible says that people will be calling in the end days good evil and evil good. Yes. Amen. Yes. Now, you know, now, you know, you probably, you know, heard, you know, uh, uh, trans uh, 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 cross dressers and 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 you know the uh, gay lifestyle and all this and it's all you know it's supposed to be all equal rights and and all that you know but you know the Bible has something to say about that and so if we don't stand on what the Word of God says about morality amen and what the Bible talks about it if we don't stand for something we'll fall for anything and just because the government says it's okay for you to walk a certain lifestyle, just because the government says that, that marriage, it's okay between now, it can be between a man and a man and a woman and a woman, doesn't mean it's right. Amen. And doesn't make it right. Amen. And, you know, and, it's, and, and marriage, you know, and I don't want to go off on this, but marriage is a God-ordained institution. And so it's between a man and a woman, and it was designed in the Bible. Amen. It comes from the Bible. So, you know, I'm not against you calling, you know, and this is sideline. I need to get back to my message. You can call it, a, you know, a, 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 a union between a man and a man. But don't call it marriage. Call it something else. Still, they can have rights if they want rights to visit and all that if they're in a hospital. But call it something else, but don't call it a marriage. Because it's not a marriage. Amen. I know I might be stepping on some toes this morning, but the, Bi Bi the Bible's true. Amen. Amen. See, as Christians, we need to stand up for what's right because it, it's, you know, it's, it's Jesus. He's the key. He's, he's, gonna, he's our, our righteousness. But, you know, people sin if they don't turn to Jesus and they go into a lifestyle. Now, you could, it could be, you could be a, a heterosexual. You, you could just be a whoremonger. You're still in the same classification. So I'm not, we're not against the gays, we're not, but, but, it, but we're for the Bible. Amen. Amen. So even if you're heterosexual, you know, that you're, in this, you're in that same camp. And a whoremonger. So you're in the same camp. Amen. In other words, sin is sin. It's not my little problem. You know, uh, you know adultery is adultery. It's not an affair. Which makes it sound so much better. But anyway, I'm having an affair, you know. Instead of adultery relationship. Amen. And so we have to look at that. And the, and the world is crazy. It's backwards. And everything seems to be backwards. And, 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 and there seems to be more rights for the criminals than, than for the people that are trying to live upright lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we're, we're, living, we're living in the end times. We are in the end times, believe it or not. And so we are living in the end times and you can see that, you know, I, I believe, you know, there's, you know, the Bible talks about the second coming of Christ and talks about that Jesus is coming back. But also, it, uh, you know, there's also, I believe, is a rapture before the second coming. And that's the rapture of the church. Amen. And before that, I believe that before the rapture comes, I believe there's going to be. Uh, a revival that God's going to sweep in a lot of people. So revival's coming. <laughs> Amen. Revival's coming. We need to get excited about that. 
Revival's coming to Virginia Beach. Revival's coming to your household. Amen. But then we need to look at this, that I believe that there's a rapture before the actual second coming, before Jesus actually plants his feet down on the earth. And let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8, because we have to look at this. And, uh, the, and there's a lot of opinions per, uh, pertaining to this. And, you know, one camp believes that we're going to go through the seven-year tribulation. You may not even understand what that means. But, uh, but uh, there's, the Bible calls it a seven-year tribulation. And, uh, and you know... Uh, uh, whatever you believe in this, you still need to be ready. Okay? But, but I stand sort of on a, a more on one, you know, I believe in a rapture before the tribulation, and I'll explain that through some of these scriptures. And uh, it says here uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 8, um, it says, Now, brethren, concerning uh, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or trouble, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, who... Uh, or that is worship. So the, the son of perdition, it's talking about the Antichrist here. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I hold these things? And what was happening is that some people were trying to upset the faith of some people, saying that Jesus already returned. And so he's trying to correct this and, and try to reveal this to, to, his, to the people uh, of the church, that Jesus hadn't returned yet. And he says, and now what? Now it says here, uh, um, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is, restraint, what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For, my, for the mystery of the lawless is already at work only. He who now restrains will do until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, now it's gonna, you, you're going to need some explana explanation here. Now, when we're talking here, he's talking about here, when we look at this, he says, For the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Um, you know, uh, it says the lawless one will not be revealed until, until uh, the restrainer is taken out of the way. Who's the restrainer? It actually has a capital H here. It could be talking about God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's talking about the Holy Spirit working through the church. And so here is saying that the Antichrist will not be revealed until the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is taking out of the picture. In other words, the Holy Spirit abides in the church. And I believe as the church um, is praying and witnessing, and, and the church is called the salt of the earth, which means that the church is preserving, the, the, the believer is preserving the earth. And so until the Christians are taken out of the way, God will not reveal the Antichrist. That's what I believe this is saying here, is that, that the Antichrist will, be not, will not be revealed until the church 
is taken out of the way. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, so the Holy Spirit is in each believer. And so, uh, and so the Holy Spirit, so if, if the church is raptured uh, out of the way, then, that, then nothing will stop the Antichrist from coming in and taking over. Because you know prayer is powerful. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit's going to be leaving the earth, because I believe the Holy Spirit will still be down here to draw people down here on earth during the tribulation. But uh, the Holy Spirit that's residing in the church, the church, I believe, is keeping all the, the uh, evil to really come in full uh, work uh, in the end days. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that your prayers are making a difference? Yeah. Amen. I believe that. And so we must believe that in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. Let's look at that. It says here, and this is another uh, scripture that I, I believe pertaining to the rapture. And, um, you know, it says here that uh, if you found, just say amen. It says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So here, um, you know, some theologians, and I believe it this way as well, that this isn't the second coming because Jesus is catching people up in the air. He hasn't put his foot down on the earth. And that it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a mystery and it's going to be sort of a secret to the world because the world doesn't know what's going on. But the church should know what's going on. Amen. And, uh, and so I believe this, that, 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 that God is going to uh, have the church raptured before the seven-year tribulation. And the first three and a half years is supposed to be the wrath of Christ. And the second three and a half years is the wrath of God. And so it's going to get bad in the seven-year tribulation. It's going to get really, really bad. And, and uh, I don't know about you, but I believe that Jesus doesn't want the church going through that. Amen. Amen. And so, and so we have to look at that, you know, the, there's other scriptures talking about that, you know, that if we're worthy, that we will, uh, we'll, we will not be in, you know, the tribulation, that we will not be in the tribulation. So there's, there's scriptures that pertain to that, you know, uh, there's Old Testament scriptures and the Old Testament is type and shadows of, of the New Testament. It, it, it reveals Christ, it reveals the salvation plan when you read the Old Testament, um, you know, uh, uh, and so there's, there's glimpses of, of reality, of the truth of what God is doing today from the Old Testament. Christ is revealed in the Old Testament. I want to thank you for tuning in to Exceed Life TV. We hope that this message was a blessing to you. We would love to invite you to come on out to experience our Sunday morning service. We meet at the Regal Columbus 12 movie theater in the heart of Virginia Beach, right at the town center. There, when you come in, we'll greet you with a warm smile, a cup of hot coffee. Uh, we have uh, children's church and nursery. We have uh, wonderful praise and worship and me great messages from the Word of God. It's about an hour and ten minute experience. Come on out and be a part of that. If you can't make it out, you can certainly go to our website. There you'll find more messages where you could be blessed. Also, we have a place on our website where you can actually put in a prayer request. 
and we will actually pray for your prayer needs. We've been seeing God move in that area. Uh, we've been seeing people get jobs in our church, marriages restored. We've been actually seeing people get healed. And God is doing miracles even today. And we would love for you to be a part of what God is doing at Exceed Life Church. Again, thank you for tuning in, and God bless you. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.